What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 42 of the Joe Ciccarelli Show. This week, this episode is a conversation with Corey Clark. Corey is a super interesting dude. We connected on LinkedIn, uh, and I was kind of following some of the stuff he was posting for a while uh, because he is, uh, and we'll talk about this in a minute here when I play the interview. He's a, th- he's a, uh, a therapist, so a, third, a, cer- a certified a cer- a certified therapist who's kind of niche down into sales. So for you guys that know me, you know I'm really into the brain and the mental fitness component of things and how we can understand our emotions to kind of conquer our saboteurs, to focus on becoming a better version of ourselves and how that fits into sales. Well, he's really doing the same thing. He's just taking more of a therapy, therapy uh, approach to it. So as you can imagine, our conversation was very, very uh Super insightful for me and also it just really super resonant, I think, for both of us because we were like, wow, yeah, we literally talk about a lot of the same stuff. Um, at the end, I'm going to talk about some of my takeaways, which is awesome because <laughs> a lot of the takeaways are things that I like to talk about anyway. So um, I'm sure you guys will enjoy some of that. But in the meantime, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the interview with Corey. Corey Clark, welcome to the Joe Ciccarelli Show. Thanks, man. I'm happy, happy to be here. Super stoked. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, before I dive into your background, I, I want to ask you about a post that you posted a while back. Yeah, um, you pick up stuff on the side of the road for free and you sell it online <laughs> and that's part of your business. <laughs> True or yeah. false? And how does that work? Yeah. Oh, I love that you asked that. So yeah, dude, I, I'm a strong believer in side hustles, man. Uh, it just, for me, I there's like this creative part of me that I love to uh, engage in. So, and I think having a side hustle just kind of helps me access that creative part of me. So yeah, I find free stuff that people post just, or, or, or even on, sometimes it's just on the, by the dumpster and, uh, and I post it. So, um, recently my favorite one is, a was a Bowflex. Some guy was given a Bowflex away for free and I got it, posted it made uh, like 220 bucks and we're good. <laughs> so do you go online and look like on Craigslist and stuff? And it's try a, to, like... You know, I've, I've actually done this for a long time, just while, especially when I was a college student and I was like bumming, right. And figuring out I had my jobs, but I was like, man, it'd be nice to have a little side hustle. And so this is one I've always kind of done. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, Craigslist, Facebook marketplace, uh, offer up is a, is another app. Mm-hmm. Um, offer up's really big here in California. So I really kind of just stick on that and I just, I literally just type in free and, uh, and I do it actually, actually I only do like a 10 mile radius. So, so I only have to drive a little bit if I, if there is something I want to pick up, but I usually check it a couple times a day and then reach out if it's something worth selling desks do really well right now because of COVID. So. Wow. So is it literally, and I've been on OfferUp. It's a pretty cool app. Is it literally like you're flipping, like you're literally flipping a, um, flipping an ad like you literally go on there you see it for free it's almost like pick it up <laughs> copy the ad put a price on it and just repost it yeah pretty much yeah i pick it up <laughs> i pick it up take my own pictures and sometimes i, ma- I make it look a little prettier like i've like i picked up like a little couch and added some pillows on it you know and posted the pic and sold it wow who's the guy that talks about that uh gary vanerchuk i think talked about oh, that a couple probably. times i've heard yeah. And just like, there's no excuse not to do something to make money. Right. You know, and it's funny cause, cause I think mo- honestly, most people I pick up stuff from too, like, it's also fun too. Cause I get to like engage and talk to people that I, I would have never probably talked to. So that part's fun. Um, yeah. and then usually it's just people that are like, man, I'm just trying to get rid of this crap. Like they're just decluttering. Mm. And so they don't care what you do with it. It's not like, oh, I'm hoping this goes to a good home. It's just like, man, I just want someone to get this off my hands. So that that part is always like morally too for me. I'm like, you just want it off your hands. I'll take it. And I'm <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it. So it's wow. fun. It's good fun date money for my wife and I, or or if we want to go out and eat or something like that. It's kind of it's always nice to just kind of use cash and feel like you're not really spending money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's cool, man. I, yeah, you you hear about that as an idea. You don't meet a lot of people that do it. So, yeah, that's fun. yeah. Thanks. Uh, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you're a sales guy in a sense, but you come at it from a different approach, which I think is absolutely fantastic. So, can you give yeah, us a little bit so, of your background? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I am a sales guy, but I, I'm actually a mental uh, mental health therapist. So, I worked sales, you know, six years of sales to pay for school. 
um, and ultimately becoming a, a mental health therapist. So that's what I am. Um, my license, actually, it's, it's a marriage and family therapist, but um, mental health therapist is just sometimes more digestible for people. Um, but yeah, I was working a sales job and, and my first sales job that I ever had was door to door uh, pest and pest control. And, and I just, I did really well, but I just burnt out, you know, and, and it was, I, I honestly, I did, I was one of the top rookies of the company that year, but I, at the end, like I was just so mentally and emotionally drained that I decided actually not to, to come back the following summer with that company and work for them. Um, I actually didn't do summer sales again, um, until later when I was in grad school, but, and it was really just cause that, that mental and emotional exhaustion in it. And it, uh, it bothered me that, that I was so burnt out and I saw, you know, coworkers burn out. And anyways, so I ended up moving into like some inside sales. I did some B2B stuff. Um, but this is just a problem that followed me a little bit. And then also mm-hmm. noticed it within my coworkers and, and people kind of experiencing this, this higher level of mental and emotional strain within the sales job. So it wasn't until like becoming a therapist that I was like, freak man like this is <laughs> this is the stuff salespeople need to know um because at this point a lot of the advice i had been given was like you know grind harder just be positive just be grateful you know do your positive affirmations and and call it good and not that those things are bad or don't have a place it just didn't create the long-term mental and emotional change that 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 i needed and and from what i noticed that other people were looking for um and so you start to view change a little bit differently, you know, when you've, you're sitting across the room from hundreds of couples and families or individuals, right? And they're coming to you with some of their biggest life challenges, right? So you, know, you start to view the change process a little bit differently. And so, yeah, taking the therapy world and the sales world and, and mixing them together has been has been super cool. Wow. What what's what was kind of the you you said your your kind of eyes were open when you're in there learning some of this stuff in uh, therapy uh, yeah. school. I don't know if that's that's the right word. What are some of the things that really resonated with you and that you learned um, specifically to sales and honestly more generally? Yeah, I I think a big part of it was um, this idea of getting to know yourself on a deeper level. Mm. Like that's part of the therapy process in general, right? Like you're you're going to get to know yourself on a deeper level, but I, I started recognizing, even in, within my own self, of course, but with my clients, that as people got to really know themselves on a deeper level, like clarity was like this byproduct. And solutions were like this, were, were a byproduct because because we were able to understand ourselves on that deeper level. And, and because we were able to do that, we were able to solve like bigger problems because we understand the core issue and what was really going on. Um, and so that's when I started, it started clicking more for me. And, and I, I was like, man, is this, is this something that you can translate into the the world in a safe way, you know, to make, is this digestible in the sales world in a safe way where people can actually get these benefits without necessarily meeting with a therapist one-on-one potentially. And, but still, you know, have it be, get this level of clarity that, that can really create um, some change. And so that's, that's the change I started noticing. Um, and yeah, it was just making impacts in people's lives. And so, and my own life. And, and uh, then I just started um, seeing how I could make it work in the sales world and, and uh, going from there. And obviously there's some more stuff with that, but, but yeah. So you get your, uh, you get your course, um, kind of online. I know you do a lot of other stuff around that. What's most eye-opening to, Yeah. you know, it's, this is a hard question for me because like, I kind of come from a similar, like I'm into that stuff, but most people aren't. So most people, they get this sense of resonance at some stage and they're like, whoa, how does that kind of happen? Or how do you see that happen in your in the, work and in your course? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, that's, I think that's an awesome question. I think the biggest part in, of my course and kind of what I do differently too, and that you don't see often in the sales world at all, is this idea of addressing your emotional self. Um, I think there's so much value in understanding your emotions and what's going on and why it's going on and, and how to deal with them. Because it's it's so normal to take an emotional dip into a state you don't want to be in. Um, like literally just the other day, um, I actually every day I take an emotional dip into a state probably I don't want to be in. I'm more, I'm not, I'm not as interested in 
that I go into that state, I'm more interested in the fact, like how, how can I get into a state I want to be in quicker and faster? Um, but like just the other day, I think this will just kind of paint the picture a little bit. Uh, my, my wife and I, we just moved to, and we recently moved to, to California and, um, we've, we left, uh, a lot of support systems and friendships where we previously were at. And, and when we moved, uh, we do have family here. So, and we haven't really lived close to family since we've been married. And so initially when we moved here, it was just like really nice to be close to family. Um, but we still like hadn't really developed like friendships, you know, outside of family. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had left like tons of support systems where we previously were at just like really good friends. And so, you know, with some time, like about six months, uh, you know, we've been here almost a year now, but, um, I've noticed just the other day I was just, I was, I noticed I was feeling off. And so I kind of dove into that a little bit and I realized really what was going on was, was I was experiencing, I was actually feeling lonely. And the, the reason was, is because I, I miss a lot of like my friendships, right? Like, and I, and I don't really have that quite here in California yet, like just genuine, uh, real friendships, um, as much as I did. And I'm a social guy. And so that's something that I enjoy. Um, and so going on a run doesn't really solve my problem, right? It might help me like feel a little bit better, mm-hmm. but what solves my problem is talking, getting out of my comfort zone a little bit and talking to my neighbor who I've talked, who I've connected with a couple of times who, who enjoys surfing and I'm trying to get into surfing. And that's something I like. And so inviting him to go and, and go surfing with me like that, that is something that is a step that solves my problem. Because it addresses the specific it, symptom yes, versus a general symptom of yes. feeling bad. Is that, is that right? Okay. Yes. And so we, we experience this all the time, like even in sales, right? Where, where something's going on, you're, you're feeling off, whatever it may be. And sometimes we solve the problem. We, we create these solutions that don't really solve our problems. And so I'm more interested in, in my, in my, definitely my courses teaches, teaches you really how to get to that point of under, understanding yourself on that deeper level so that you can solve problems more effectively and create and, and consistently live in that mental and emotional state you want to be in. Cause for me, like, yeah, I was feeling lonely, but, and then like, Five minutes later, I, was, I wasn't anymore, but I could have sat in that all day if I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but I want to double click on something. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot and I don't want to, you know, give away all your secrets. But one, yeah. of, the, one of the words you use was, um, you know, I felt a certain way and then I dove in. When I dove in, I felt like it was, yeah. uh, I, I dressed long this. What is, what does diving in mean? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, a big part of this is building the awareness to, to be able to recognize one that you're in a, an emotional state. You don't want to yeah. be like, that totally. is so key. Cause, cause I mean, if you even just go on social media and scroll through, there's so many people that just live in reaction mode, right? They're just like posting based off of whatever they're feeling emotionally. Right. But those person, like so many people just react to whatever they're feeling. Um, and I, I'm more interested in like, man, before you just react, like just pause for a second and recognize that you are in a state you don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. And so that, that takes some, you know, some, an ability and some practice to be able to get to that point to where like you can recognize it quick, you know, and actually pause and process. Um, But then the diving into the emotion part is simply identifying um, the actual emotion that you're feeling. So rather than calling it anger or I'm, I'm a big one is like, man, I'm kind of just, I'm feeling pissed. Or like yeah. people say that, right? Like I'm pissed or like I'm, or I'm not feeling that great, you know, or I'm anxious. Instead of calling it anxious or angry or whatever it may be, call it like anger is a, is, is actually a secondary emotion. Okay. Meaning the primary emotion is whatever's deepest and actually what's at your core. Right. And so, which, I mean, it doesn't really matter. People get it confused though, primary and secondary, but but the point here is you want to know whatever emotion you're coming at is at your mm-hmm. core. So if you're saying I'm feeling angry, but really you're feeling jealous, angry, jealousy falls under anger as an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, but if you're calling it anger, like that doesn't really help you understand what's going on. Like you got to, yeah, like, how, right? how you address anger is different than how you're going to address jealousy, right? And so the diving in part is working to understand truly what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and labeling that. So labeling is just physically like, yeah. I mean, I bet that this, it's almost like a sense of 
something off your shoulders when you just find out what the hell it is that's really bugging you. Yeah. Um, you brought up jealousy. Yeah. You one of your things. One of your posts was on um, jealousy is a caused by a lack of trust in oneself. Mm. Uh, what's that all about? Or yeah, I mean, I think I know. But well, yeah, I, I think you. I, you know. Often, well, obviously, I work with lots of sales professionals, right? And so, um, you know, this and a, some a lot of my posts are just based off of experiences that I had throughout you know, the week and whatnot. And so that, that week uh, that I posted that, or even if I, maybe that was this week, I can't remember now. Um, I know it was recently. Yeah, but, it was recent. I don't remember, um, but it was recent. I've, I've worked with a few, you know, uh, reps that, that that emotion has come up and it was uh, specifically, I'm, I'm working with a, a company right now. And so they have, uh, they have initial hiring of these reps that are just starting. And so, they're in this little group, you know, this group and some are doing better than others, uh, performance wise, sales wise. And so there's this natural, you know, experience of jealousy, um, and envy, um, that, that is kind of naturally being felt. And so it's very common for that rep also, like without processing it. So many reps experience that, but just kind of react to it and don't really handle it. And just like, oh, sales sucks. This is a crappy job. Like this isn't for me, whatever it may be, yada, yada, yada. And then it come, turns into complaining, blaming, or, I mean, this is an extreme case scenario, but it's also common. <laughs> um, and it can turn into like their own level of burnout to where they're like, no, nah, sales, sales wasn't for me. Like, I'm not going to yeah. do that. Right. Rather than like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's totally normal to feel the emotion, you know, let's talk about it. Let's process through it and maybe why you're going through it. And let's, let's create a solution to, cause that, that emotion is trying to pull you away from sales. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it's, you're now dipping into a discount, like a growth zone, right? You're, you're uncomfortable, but like, that's also like, you gotta, we gotta like learn how to lean into that in a way that makes logical sense. So just kind of helping people go and, and process through that stuff is, has been super fun and rewarding, but that's kind of where the jealousy part come from. It's, it's a pretty normal, you know, emotion to feel in a sales job for a lot of reps. I mean, in life, really, life, I mean, it's yeah, just this constant, and I, I noticed it too, like you're on Instagram or you're scrolling through LinkedIn and it's like, you're comparing yourself to someone and you get that sense of jealousy, but really it's, trusting yourself to know that you, you know, you're on the right path. You're doing the right things. Um, yep. As long as you are. And that's, I guess, a conversation you need to have with yourself. Do you find, um, so for me, you talk about, uh, awareness is number one. Yeah. Is meditation. I'm a big meditator. Yeah. Talk to you a little bit about my, my feelings. Uh, I, I'm really interested in like the, the mental fitness space, which starts with really, meditation and building, you know, a pause and it's almost just distance. I look at it as like distance from my thought, like the the further you can get to actually look at it and be like, Whoa, that's not me. What's going on? Like you could choose something different. Is that in line with what you're kind of after is like the meta is, or how else can people build that muscle? No, I um, think that awareness muscle. Yeah. I think you're, you're spot on there, right? Like meditation is a bridge to be able to build that awareness. Right. And so uh, I think there's multiple bridges you can take. I think meditation is a great one because it does kind of get you in that state where like you're just being, oh, you're, you're consciously trying to just accept whatever's going on and be aware of where of that. Right. And, uh, and the, and a whole part of meditation too is, is it's a grounding me- technique, right? Like, um, like we have an emotional side of our mind and a logical side of our mind. Right. Sure. And so the crazy part is, is though that, that when we are emotionally flooded, our brain actually doesn't allow, allow us to access the logical side of our mind, right? And so, but a lot the logical side of our mind is often where like solutions come from and like reasoning and like there's so much value in accessing the yeah. logical side of our mind. That's where like reps that are super emotionally minded are the ones that like do super well and then they'll just like do really bad. They're like on this roller coaster ride of sales because like when they're on a feeling a positive emotion, like they're crushing it. But the second they're like on an emotional low, they're just like down the dumps. It's because they let their emotions drive them. What I'm trying to say is meditation is kind of also a bridge to access that logical side of your mind because it's, it's regulating your body, right? You're telling your body like, Hey, I'm good, bro. Like just calm down. Like we're good. I'm not in danger. 
uh, and it gets to that point to where you're, then it goes, okay, we can, we can think about this. Like we, we have time to process. Like we're not, mm-hmm. we're not in fight or flight. We don't got to protect ourselves right now. Like we're there's, sure. there's not a saber tooth tiger around the yeah, corner. Waiting yeah. To eat me. yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we feel these tough emotions and that like our body goes into fight or flight mode out of, out of itself to protect ourselves. Cause that's how we've handled it our whole life. But yeah, meditation's great. Um, I don't think it works for everybody, but I think the idea around meditation, the sense of getting your body to a state where it allows you to access that logical side of your mind and build that awareness is super key. So I'm totally pro meditation, hundred percent. I think the other thing for me is that helps me is like, I think I'm kind of just, I mean, you hear this too, like the more you do something, the the easier it will become. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having some sort of system in place to where, uh, right you know, some sort of system or something in place to where you can, like in my course, I actually have something called the rewire framework, but it's, it's for that moment where it's for, you use the rewire framework when you are in a mental and emotional state you don't want to be in. So the more people use this rewire framework, the easier it starts to become. And so for me, like personally now, like whenever I'm in a state, I don't want to be in like it, it it literally is pretty quick. And I, I recognize that I'm, like I need to stop and process. Um, but oftentimes I just do some deep breathing. Um, if it's, if it's kind of emotion, like if it's definitely like a tougher spot emotionally. Um, but sometimes like I, I definitely need that meditation or something like that to, to be able to get my body to that state. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about meditation, um, is it's fantastic and it's done things I can't even describe for me that and journaling together. Oh yeah. Um, it's kind sure. of a punch in the morning it's just so much self-reflection that you it gets to a point where like you look at yourself and reflect in yourself and realize you're almost just like the issues that you want to work on or become so like in your face that like you just can't hide from it anymore and you kind of you know you do something yeah Um, that's actually that's a such a huge value of that awareness piece right mm -hmm. those issues are so in front of your face that like man i can't i can't deny this yeah i can't you, know, you got it. And that, yeah. that's why the journal is great because not, not only, you know, you, you see it and then you, as soon as you write it down, it's like, you know, how, how, how many days am I going to struggle with? Um, I'm trying to get this project done and I keep picking up my cell phone and eventually it's like, you've enough's enough and you don't pick up your cell phone again, you know? Yep. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I what, think you're spot on there. What, um, so deep breathing, uh, what other systems, uh, I like the word system so much and I've, I've seen you use that before because I feel like um, that's how you, you need to have like a something to do. And that's where the only, not the downside of meditation. This is why this, this idea, and this is something that I'm, I've really been working on and I've, I've brought onto my website is like the idea of active meditation. Cause the, I would say the drawback of meditation is, you know, I sit for 20 minutes in the morning and, and, and meditate and I can come out of that and I'm in a great spot. Yeah. Um, at one yeah, o'clock yeah. that afternoon, I've kind of lost it. And so the idea of deep breathing um, or even quick ways to center yourself yeah. is really important too, because at the end of the day, we, we can't always just pause for 15, yeah. 20 minutes in the middle of our day. Yeah. That's like what you're talking about, that problem in itself. Uh, that's why I created the the rewire framework. And um, it's it's super simple. That's the, that's really like the system that's, that a lot of my reps are implementing um, because it, it, it takes you through a quick process, right? Like it, it takes, I mean, it could take you two minutes or five minutes yeah. to complete. It could take you 15 minutes. Depends on how long you're sitting there processing. But like, um, for me, it really doesn't take long. And I usually, I usually will go through the framework. Like, uh, I tr- probably at least once a day. Um, but some, I mean, sometimes it's three or four times a day. Uh, depending on how, how many times I take that emotional or mental dip into that state I don't want to be in. But, um, but that helps me, that helps me like build that consistency around addressing like that dip, right? Because you're right, you can do meditation in the morning and it feels great and it's a great start to your day. But then, then, then things happen, life happens. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's so normal to take a, a, you know, that, that dip you don't want to be in. So having some sort of system in place to help you get out of it that, that makes sense to where it's not like totally alleviating your time um, is, is huge. Good. I would say that, you know, breathing, breathing is like the best first place to start, 
but a lot of the times like people will breathe they feel a little bit better and then like 10 minutes 15 minutes later like sometimes if it's if it's definitely something that like they need to address you know it just comes back quicker um and yeah. so that's where like there is value in processing pausing identifying what's going on and and working through it just real quick but and you feel like people so i just use um my wife is an example. She's not super big and she's not in sales, but she's not like super, super big into this stuff. Like for me, um, I've read, I've read books on the mind, on the brain. Uh, I'm into the neurology behind it, probably like you. And so, so for me, um, it's taken time and it's consistency, but I notice like, um, I, I undoubtedly have those dips and I want to talk to you about, you're right. Some days you just wake up in a dip, um, undoubtedly, but it gets better it's definitely have gotten better over time. Do you feel like this stuff? Um, I, I just, what you said resonated with me so much is like, all right, great. I feel like shit. I'll take a couple deep breaths and now I feel better. And then 35 seconds later, I feel exactly the way I felt before I took a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do you notice in terms of like how long it takes people to actually be like, wow, like I'm actually gen- generally feeling like I have more control over my emotion. Um, no, I think that's a really, really good question. Um, and that's actually one that I'm figuring out. Right. Cause like, uh, for me, per, like from personal experience, um, and then I can share some stuff that my reps are experiencing right now too, or in previous reps that I've worked with, I have experienced, but personal experience, I think I am at the point where like, I, I don't take as many emotional dips as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can like a, one that pops up for me a lot is inadequacy. It used to inadequacy, that emotion just used to, used to pop up all the time and especially in sales. So that was a big reason I burnt out in the beginning was oftentimes I just felt inadequate and I didn't even know that was going on, especially in the beginning. Like it just was emotion that I felt and I carried that with me, like literally every day of my job, even though like I would sell well, but it was just like this. There was also sometimes even when you're selling well, there's like all these reminders still that you're not doing enough. Sure. Sure. Right. And so that for me, that was my experience as a sales rep um, in the beginning. Um, but yeah, so like, but now I'm kind of at the point, like I, I notice really quickly if it's inadequacy and when it's coming, like, and it doesn't pop in nearly as much in my life as much as it used to. And I think mm-hmm. part of that is just cause I've, I've now addressed it, you know, and I'm, I know how to handle it a lot better. And so, yeah, with time, that's why that system though, having something in place to where you can continually process that dip Mm -hmm. is so important because every time you do that, you're providing yourself an opportunity to get to know yourself on that deeper level to solve that problem even more. So, because emotions are meant to be felt, it's going to be normal. It's going to be normal to take that dip, but like you got to do something about it because if you just push it off, push it off, push it off you're going to continue having those dips. And so, yeah, my reps definitely like in the beginning, there's some discomfort between, you know, of like applying it, you know, and, and processing those emotional dips or whatever. But yeah, no, that's, that's, that is what I'm seeing is a lot of the reps I'm working with are, are able to more consistently live in a mental and emotional state they want to be in um, much more than they were, um, which is impacting, you know, other things like, (laughs) their actual job satisfaction and and them, you know, they're solving bigger problems for themselves. Like whether that be sales and their sales are increasing or they feel much better regarding going to work and, and whatever it may be. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it kind of reminded me, it's kind of akin to, to, uh, Feeling a dip isn't a bad thing, right? It's part of life. No. Emotions are part of life. And you can actually learn a lot from that. I yeah, think the I, bad thing. I was just saying, I, 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 I enjoy when I like to some extent, like I don't enjoy it, but I, I do like, I, I'm grateful for the, the dips because that's an opportunity to know myself better to, to, to get to know yourself better. And it's also, um, I've heard this analogy, which I think really resonates with me. It's like putting your hand on a, um, on a, on a hot oven. Um, you want to feel that pain right away. Uh, and so you want to feel that dip because sometimes that dip is telling you, you know, so for me, maybe it's uh, a big thing for me is uh, what I call like a hyperachiever. So it's like, I, I need to be doing more. Yeah. I need to be doing, I'm not, I'm next level. And so um, now feeling that is good. That's ambition. Keeping my hand on the hot and just letting it burn me and keep pulling me down. That That's the difference. And I think yes. for me, that was the biggest thing is being able that you want to feel it. We also want to be able to realize, okay, it served its purpose. Let's move on. I think that's where so many people struggle. Dude, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I think yeah. you and me are are similar in a lot of ways, Joe. Yeah, yeah. It's cool to talk to people about this. Now, do you get into 
the neurology behind it, like different parts of your brain, or do you find that that kind of glazes people over? You know, I, I do very in a very, very simple way, kind of like almost even what I've already kind of, I mean, I do, I do talk about even more than what I've discussed on the podcast, obviously, but like in the sense that simple terms, just kind of what I talked about, there's emotional side of our brain, logical side. Mm-hmm. When we get flooded, we don't act, you know, just very easy ways to explain it. Just because I think it, there are certain things that are super important to understand regarding the brain and how mm-hmm. it works, especially our body. But, but all the terms and words, like it doesn't, it's, it's not always super important. So I, I try to dumb it down a little bit. I, I don't like to yeah. say dumb it down, but you know what but, I, mean. I mean? Yeah. Uh, otherwise you lose people. But to your point, I think what's so, what I, what, I, what I like a lot about what you talked about in general is this framework without knowing the details. It sounds like every time I run this framework, I come out and like you said, I've got to know yourself better, but more importantly, you almost feel like, huh, you've kind of solved the problem in a way. Like, huh, 100%. I know what it is versus like, like you said, it, the, your analogy on going for a run makes more sense. Like it, it kind of, it, it's hitting me now. Cause it's like, okay, I can go for a run and that will make me feel better, but it's not going to solve the problem. Identifying yeah. exactly what the problem is makes me much easier to prescribe it. So it's kind of, um, to an extent, I've found that, uh, understanding my brain, even when I meditate, understanding like I need to focus on this part of my, you know, because I'm building yeah. this, it helps. But to your point, it can get out of hand quickly. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. Um, all right, man. So people like what they've heard today. They want to <laughs> learn more about you. They want to learn more about your course. Where do they go? Yeah, um, the salestherapist.org. That's my website. Um, you can learn about what I do. Uh, there's a couple different options there. Um, yeah, if it's, I do both in the, in the sense of working with, with, you know, with companies in the sense of a company hiring me out to work with their sales team. But I also work with just, uh, if, if it's a sales uh, professional wanting to invest in themselves and, and work with somebody to, to kind of take their mental and emotional uh, self to that, that, that next level. So, um, but yeah, the, the course is definitely the, the basis that I use my work from just cause there's, oh man, I, it just pumps me up. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> and it's just fun. Like it, the content's good stuff. And yeah, I never thought I would be working with sales professionals in this way. Obviously I wanted to be a therapist, but like low key, like I, I love working with couples, like couples therapy. So that's like a part of me that I also really miss. Like I love working as a couples therapist, but like for some reason I've just felt super pushed and, and moved in this direction to to do this with uh, sales professionals, and it has been so so fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing great work, man. It's great to have you on the show, and well, thanks I, for taking the time. Yeah, I'm happy that uh, you had me. Also, yeah, LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, let's connect. You know, it's always fun to to connect with more people on LinkedIn as well. And then uh, there's an Instagram page too, the sales therapist um, that's on there. Um, So, yeah. All right. Welcome back, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Like I said at the beginning, if you guys are someone that listens to my stuff uh, and have a lot, have listened to a lot of my stuff in the past, I think you'll, you'll realize pretty quickly why Corey and I get along. We really think, uh, we really think in similar ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess my, my initial takeaway was just, yeah, he was a really cool dude. It was funny chat with him at the beginning. You could tell he's, uh, you know, he's chilled, laid back, um, but he's got a lot of ambition. I mean, the guy's running around selling, flipping furniture <laughs> and stuff that he finds, um, finds on the side of the road. So I think that, that, that in itself is a pretty cool story. I'm glad we got to talk a little bit about that at the beginning, but, um, Kind of beyond that, it, it was really, it was just really good chat with Corey. Uh, and if you go on his website, which I'd recommend you do, where he talks about his course, one of the things he talks about is um, there's nothing in his course about sales strategy and tips. And I find that a lot on LinkedIn. Everything is so quick tip heavy. Here's a tip for this ask this question, ask that question. And that's good. But I think it overwhelms people a lot when you give people advice. Um, and it's very, very surface level advice. I think it works for some people that are very organized in their approach to things and they have a lot of their other stuff figured out and it's easy to implement a question or statement or an approach or system when you already have 
systems or processes that can kind of take that in. But uh, I've talked a lot about this before, the idea that um, oftentimes if we're not in the right position ourselves from a personal development perspective, we're, we're never going to be good in sales uh, or anything else we do because we don't have the bare bones um, framework to make that happen. And uh, that's really what Corey focuses on is kind of becoming a better version of yourself so then all those other things make sense. And I'm a big proponent of that. And that's really what I enjoyed about uh, our conversation and kind of what he's doing. Uh, the, the first thing, and it's funny, like I broke this down into two things and it's, all, it's often in the other, the other ones that I've done is to take away is that um, maybe, you know, that I've learned from that person or certainly the way that they've said it. It's not, nothing I've talked about here is really new to me or new to you, but just in a different way. And again, these are always helpful reminders and uh, hopefully I talk about it in a, in talk, I like to talk about them in enough depth that um, you can pull something out that can fit into your process or your system. Uh, whatever that looks like. So what's nice about today is we kind of can go from the beginning and say, okay, well, if you don't have a process or a system, here's a couple things you can do. And uh, <clears throat> here's a framework for implementing a process or a system. So the first thing I want to talk about is more generally instead of more specifically, and that's uh, – Corey talks a lot about getting to know yourself on a deeper level. And one of the things that he said that really resonated with me, and it, it, it's funny, I've thought about it a lot since our conversation, was um, – Going for a run doesn't necessarily solve your problem. And it's so true. When we feel bad, and I'm a proponent of this. I think this does work sometimes. So I wouldn't say that um, um, I am 100%, oh, if you're struggling and you don't go for a run or you do this, that's never going to help because it does help at times. And the reason why that does help is it kind of, you know, we've talked talked a lot about the fact that motion creates emotion. When you kind of, when you're stuck, you're in a bad spot. If you just start doing things, you go for a run, you do that, that is going to make you feel better. The, the problem is, and what Corey was getting at, is that you're not addressing, you put, you're potentially not addressing what's going on. Now, if what's going on deep down inside of you is, I'm just really out of shape, I'm not doing anything to take care of myself, and you're feeling that emotion, and then you go for a run. Well, yeah, you've, you've, you've answered that emotion. But if deep down what's going on is, I'm feeling jealous, uh, I'm feeling sad uh, about something, I'm feeling vulnerable, uh, whatever it is that's going on, you just going for a run, that might make you feel better in the short term, but you're not addressing that emotion. And so that's, I think, is a really important thing. And the ability to address your emotions, identify that you're not, that you're one, just most people realize, ah, I'm not feeling right. They don't dig into it at all. There's no like, okay, what's beneath that? And I'll talk about that in the next part, the difference between primary and secondary emotions. But uh, I think initially, we just think, oh, we're not feeling right. Let me go for a run and I'll feel better. And that may work in the near term. Uh, And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But I guess what Corey's getting at, and which I really took from that, which I really liked a lot, was, okay, I'm not feeling right. What is it? What's going on there? Uh, Find that. And I know he has a framework in his course to find that. But there's a lot of ways, and we'll talk about that in a second. Dig into that a little bit. uh, Address it by feeling it, really. Like, I'm feeling vulnerable, and just be vulnerable. Say that. Um, And it's, I I guess that's hard, right? It's, oh, just be vulnerable. Uh, Be jealous. Um, But... Letting it out, and this is why going for the run or whether it's not going for runs, just one word. It could be um, I'm going to clean my apartment, right? I'm going to do some sort of self development activity that makes me feel good about myself. I'm going to go read a book. Uh, but whatever you're doing, you're kind of denying what it is. And once you just accept what it is, I mean, that's a big step for a lot of people. And oftentimes, that's enough. That's enough to let it kind of pass. You've confronted it. You know what it is. You've talked about it uh, internally. Um, or however else you process that, and then you kind of move on from it. So the idea of getting to know yourself on a deeper level is just that. When those negative emotions come up, go deeper. What is beneath that emotion? I think that's a really powerful thing um, in uh, something that really hit home with me. The second one is more of a framework for doing some of this stuff. Oh, get to know yourself on a deeper level. Okay, dude, great. How the hell do I do that? What does that mean? Uh, so two kind of dies into the framework. And we talk a lot about awareness. Awareness has been a big, big thing for me. I mean, it's, it's not a big thing for me. It's the thing. Awareness is the thing. Uh, as you build awareness, you bring more things into your awareness and life gets better. 
I mean, I guess there's no other way of saying it. Like you're, you realize what's holding you back. You realize what's possible. You realize what's going on in situations. Um, you realize when you're reacting a certain way you shouldn't be, or when you're feeling a certain way you shouldn't be, that's all awareness. Everything is baked in awareness. And we have the muscles in our brain that we can strengthen to build this awareness. Corey calls them bridges and bridges to awareness. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about some of those in a second here, but basically, um, he talks about, uh, you know, what's the framework when you want to get to know yourself on a deeper level? What's the framework when you're in sales and you're struggling because other people are doing better than you? Uh, you're struggling because you just got your ass chewed out by a prospect or your manager. You're struggling. And like he talks about, right? People say, this sucks. Why, why do I want to deal with this? Um, and they burn out and they go do something else and they come back and say, I'd never be in sales. That's stupid. Sales is great if you're good at it. I mean, you know, it's, I, and I, I've been through the burnout. I did burn out. Um, and I got overwhelmed and I stopped doing sales and I'm like, I'm never, it's funny what he talks about. It, it happened to me. And then I think back to when I was successful in sales um, and part of it's, yeah, hitting your number, crushing your quota, making money. That's great. But also just, you know, when you go in there and you talk to someone and you're feeling confident and you sell them something um, and, you know, you're going to help them out or you're going to, you know, you've done something great for their company and obviously your company in the process, that's awesome. Like, I, I, at least for someone like me and I think most people that are in that that's what you're after. So it, it's hard because those feelings exist for people, but then they get the negative ones and they can't find a way out of them, so they burn out and have a bad experience overall. And it's not a bad experience overall. overall. So the question is, how do you deal with that negativity in a way that you could turn it into uh, at least neutral and then eventually positive stuff? So the three-step process, it's really, Corey talks about a two-step process. I'm going to add one more here just because I'm pretty familiar with this space and uh, I think it's important to, to keep in mind. But the first one is um, awareness. And so there's ways to be aware. For me, uh, meditation has been a thing for me, been very consistent with it, and it does work. It takes a while and it's really, really hard, but it should be. Anything you're doing to build awareness is really hard because you're changing your brain and most people don't want to do that work. So when you're sitting there and you're meditating and you're trying to focus on your breath and you keep losing focus and you keep going this, that is okay. That's good. That means that that's like trying to lift a 10 pound weight and it falls and you can't do it. You can't do it. You keep trying. You can't do it. So you get back at it the next day and all of a sudden, wow, you lift a 10 pound weight. Um, that's it's strength and it takes time and it takes effort. Um, and it's not, particularly with meditation, if, if you're, and I'm not, not going to go too deep into this, but generally, one important thing to understand when you're doing any of these exercises is it's not, growth is not linear at all. First time you do meditation, you might have like a deep experience. You're like, that was unbelievable. And then you're chasing that kind of high. And you will get there, but you'll get there at other times and in other ways. And some days you'll have good days and some days you'll have bad days. But the question is, when you show up every day, you're going to feel a little bit calmer at the beginning than you were at the end. And it's not just a calm feeling, but it's a feeling of awareness, right? Like, okay, I went into this freaking out and um, now I have a little bit more control over my emotions and kind of what's going on. And I know that, hey, something's not right. So so um, the more you build that muscle, whether you're in a, have in a bad negative state or in a good negative state, as you're building that muscle, it helps you realize more often when you are in a bad state throughout the day. The downside of meditation, we talk about this, is that you don't always have time to do it throughout the day. So there is something called active meditation that I've talked a lot about. Um, and I'm not going to go into that now. It's not really part of this. You can listen to some of my previous episodes if you're interested in active meditation, but basically take a meditation down into bite-sized chunks and doing it throughout the day when negative emotions come up. Uh, something very similar that Corey does is called his rewire framework. Uh, we didn't dive into crazy detail with with that you'll have to uh, you can reach out to him or take his course that's kind of the point of the point of it but generally speaking i'm i'm assuming it's um identifying something's not right diving into that to identify specifically what's not right and that's kind of step two here is identifying the emotion and then uh, going on from there so there's uh deep breathing also works as a as a way to increase awareness and kind of slow down when you're starting to feel bad, just deep breathe and kind of let things slow down and realize, you know, become a little bit more aware of, wow, I'm acting a certain way and that's not how I, or I'm feeling or acting a certain way and I shouldn't be. Breathe it out. Uh, and a big one for me that I brought up is journaling. Journaling's massive. If you want to build awareness, 
identify five questions that you ask yourself. Uh, for me, it's kind of the, it's, let's see if I can rattle off the five questions I answer every day. One is what's here now in a sense. So like, how am I feeling right now? A quick debrief. Where did I stretch myself yesterday? Um, what were my wins or where did I stretch myself yesterday? So I think that's a really big one. Um, you know, what did I do yesterday that got me out of my comfort zone? Um, what, where, where was I fixed yesterday? This comes from the book called A Growth Mindset, but where was I fixed yesterday? What did I do that I just, yeah, I'm better than that yesterday. What's one small thing that makes me happy? Um, very, very small, very, what's something that just kind of made me happy or kind of made me feel good? Um, and then what can I learn from all this today? So if you're writing that every day and you're looking at, what did I do yesterday that really helped me, you know, really helped me grow? If you don't have anything to write, boom, that's, that's awareness, right? What do you, what, what should you be doing? You should be doing things to take yourself out there. If you're seeing the same thing under fixed emotions every single day or fixed, you know, where am I fixed? What am I doing every day? That's not, um, that's causing issues for me. How many times are you going to look at that until you make a decision to stop doing that? Uh, the, what's one small thing that made me happy for me is really useful because what I do is at the end of every week, I do a weekly debrief and I take my top five lessons for the week and then I take top three for the month. But on the side, I take every single one of those answers. It's just a very short answer to what's one small thing that made me happy. And I put it into a separate document called my values. And at the end of the year, I'll sit down and I have like a couple hundred of these, right? And I'll go through them all and you start to look for patterns and it's really cool. And this is the first year that I've really done this on a consistent basis. But most times it's like, oh, what do you value? And you sit there and you try and brainstorm stuff real quick and you can, but it's interesting to look over time and see what's things, you know, wow, when I was in December, I did this, this, and it made me happy. Then it came up again in June and it came up again in October. I need to really implement this. So I'll look forward to the end of the year kind of diving into that. So anyway, that's my journaling routine. Uh, And of course, what did I learn from this? So at a very low, like at at the simplest level possible, how can I be more aware? What, what's the patterns that I'm seeing today that I need to be aware of? Um, if you do that consistently, you're going to increase your awareness. You're going to pull stuff out that you're not privy to necessarily on a day-to-day emotional basis. So that's part one of the framework, right? Is um, being aware of a bad state. And there's a lot of ways or what Corey calls bridges to get there. The second one is identifying the emotion. Primary versus secondary. So uh, we'll start with secondary. Secondary is a broad emotion. I'm angry, Right? Um, you know, I'm pissed off right now. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. Um, I feel weird, right? These are all like secondary, um, emotions in the sense that they're very broad and it's not really helpful to be like, yeah, I'm pissed off right now. So what you want to do is find the primary emotion. That's the emotion underneath that. And I think that's where Corey's rewire framework really helps. It's identifying you're in a bad state and helping you identify that primary emotion. What's really causing it. And once you know that, once you say, hey, um, hey, it's jealousy. Hey, it's vulnerability, uh, loneliness, things like that. It's a lot, <laughs> you know, it's a lot different to say, hey, I'm sad versus, hey, I'm lonely. It's very different. Um, and it makes you look at it different. It makes you look at yourself different. And hopefully it makes you, you know, create some empathy for yourself and, and understanding. So the idea of um, identifying that, that secondary emotion and just feeling it, be like, hey, I'm lonely. Yeah, wow. Um, what can I do? And this is where it goes back to the run thing. Like, like Corey said, I'm not going to feel better if I go for a run. But if I know that I'm lonely, I know it's a thing for me, I might reach out to a neighbor and see if they want to go surfing. You see the difference there. You see the difference there, right? If you're willing to work on those emotions, that's great, but you have to work on the right one. You have to, and that starts by identifying the right one. Really great stuff. Um, so the last one that I would add in, I'm not going to go into a lot of this because we didn't talk about a bunch of this. It's just because I'm really a, a kind of a geek with this stuff, but go somewhere else, right? So um, you're aware of a bad state. You've identified the emotion. You felt the emotion. Now it's time to go somewhere else uh, mentally and say, okay, I'm going to pick a better one. And I'm not going to put words in Corey's mouth. I don't know whether or not he, um, that's part of his framework or not, or whether he agrees or not, but I certainly agree with it. And I think that's an important thing too, is you want to move towards positive emotions and whether that's identifying things you're grateful for, or just saying, Hey, you know, I know I'm better than this and this is what I'm going to do to, you know, what's my next step. And then maybe at that point it's time to take that, um, 
to take that next step. And so I guess now that I'm talking out loud, go somewhere else could be very simple, right? So it's awareness of a bad state, identify a bad emotion, which is loneliness, and go some, going somewhere else is taking the action to reach out to a neighbor to schedule a time to go surfing. That's the next step. So you have to take that step, right? You have to take a step to kind of make it better. And uh, once you're clear on what that emotion is, that primary emotion is, you could take a step to make it better. Uh, that's the main stuff I had on this, guys. I could talk about this all day, as you know, and that's why, you know, the uh, Corey and I said, hey, let's go for a half hour. We probably could have gone for three hours. Uh, the one last thing I always do a little bonus here, and we talk about it at the end, um, is I want to be clear on something. Emotions are good. You want to feel emotions. Uh, and there's so many issues of people, particularly older people in our world that don't want to feel emotions. You want to feel emotions. You can learn so much from negative emotions. The thing we talked about is not putting your hand on the oven for too long, right? If you put your hand on the oven when it's hot and you feel hot, you want to feel hot. If you don't, when you put your hand down, you want to feel that quick searing pain, right? Because then you know enough, okay, that, that's bad. I'm going to take my hand off and I'm not going to do that again. You want to learn from that, right? If you don't have that initial negative, uh, that's a physical um, sensation. But if you don't have that initial physical sensation, you don't feel that initially, you're just going to burn your hand off without realizing it, right? So it's kind of the same thing with emotions. When you feel something negative, there's probably something there, right? Loneliness is a good emotion because it's telling you that you're lonely and you need to do something. The problem is, assuming you take action towards that, you don't need to sit there and feel sorry for yourself all day, right? You went into a sales call and you made a mistake. You want to know that. You want to know that you screwed up, right? You want to walk out of that call and say, wow, I could have done this. I could have done that. But do you need to berate yourself all day and all week about it? Absolutely not. So that's the key. You want to feel the emotion. You want to understand it. You want to identify what it is and you want to identify your next step after that. um, What you're going to do to get better. What's your strategy to improve? And then forget about it. Let it go. And when it comes back into your comes back into your mind 10 minutes later, address it and let it go again. Address it and let it go again. Hey, here you are again. I've already dealt with you. I know what I'm going to do to move on from you. See you later. And eventually, this is where the consistency comes in. This is where the daily strength building, things like meditation, active meditation, journaling, that's where over time you build that strength um, and you're able to just make mistakes and kind of bounce back quickly. Anyway, I hope that's helpful, guys. I think this was a great episode. I was really happy to have Corey on here. And um, look forward to any feedback from you. I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks so much for listening.